Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, we got a fun one today. What happens when an employee gives notice at the practice and then their behavior starts to break down and deteriorate? You're like, that doesn't happen because they're the ones who gave notice. They wouldn't give notice and then start to uh, be hard to work with or be nasty or do toxic things or become unreliable. Oh, contraire. It totally happens. It happens quite a bit. And I think a lot of you are going to recognize past experiences maybe that you've had or seen in this episode. Without further ado, let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me and Stephanie. Hit the road, Jack Goss. <laughs> Well, that's a good one for what we have to talk about today. I love it. How's it going, Andy? Yeah. Heck yeah. Man, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Good. The sun is shining and, uh, you know, Washington, where I am anyways, is one of those places that has fake spring and we're very much in fake spring and we're about to get a massive storm this weekend. So, you know, I've just been soaking up the sunshine while we can get it. It's just, it's, it's raining here, but I, I, I'm having that April showers, May flowers thing, even though, even though it's still March. Um, those, those are the thoughts I'm having. (laughs) Ma'am, got a lot to, we got a lot going on today. Let's get into this episode. Uh, what do you got from the mailbag for us? Yeah. So we've got a good one. Um, we have, uh, someone who wrote in with a bit of a situation. They have a team member who put in notice, Um, And so they put in notice last month that they are going to be relocating out of state. And um, because they're relocating out of state, they had a longer lead time. So they actually gave two months notice. They had 60 days um, before they were going to move. They said that they were willing to work um, up until right up until they um, had to leave. And so this person reviewed with the leader from this practice who, who wrote into us and said that they had the conversation about the fact that this this team member was willing to work, that things were going to feel a little bit different. And as they kind of sorted out what tasks needed to be taken off of their plate and given to somebody else to do, um, but ultimately that they agreed that that they would continue working together for the two months. And there was a bunch of different examples given, but basically as time has gone into that two months notice, the behavior has started to change from this team member. Things like asking to leave early, needing to take extra long lunches to get personal things done. Um, and uh, the leader in the practice said, hey, let's let's talk about the a- active plan for getting things off of your plate and phasing other people into the things that you're responsible for. And that kind of seemed to have cascaded a whole series of concerns from this um, employee. And so um, they were getting messages. The team uses Slack to communicate. So they were getting a ton of messages on Slack. They started texting them um, and asking all kinds of questions about getting scheduled time off, wanting to change their schedule to part-time. But then after they had indicated maybe they wanted to work part-time, questions about uh, or concerns about needing extra money. And so all of this, um, all of this behavior that to this person was very frustrating because it came fast and furious. And it was like, I don't understand why do they keep changing their mind from this leader's perspective? 
Um, and uh, it sounded like this uh, team member started to get pretty aggressive in some of the communications with uh, their boss. And so this this team leader said, my gut is telling me it's time to just cut cut ties and move on because they're leaving anyways. And I don't need to deal with the stress and anxiety that this is giving me. Um, but it's also really concerning to me because this behavior is super unexpected. And I would love to know how to handle this because I need to sit down and have a conversation with them tomorrow. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get Buddhist up in here today. There's a, <laughs> there's a number, like uh, there's a number of Buddhist teachings that I love for this. All right. Uh, play it on me. Answer. Well, I mean, we'll, so we'll start with headspace and I will, um, I will give you, I'll give you one of those teachings in, in, in headspace that I very much like. So there's this Buddhist proverb, right? Uh, and it is about this meditation master and he's teaching and he's holding a glass of uh, a cup of tea and he's talking about the impermanence of the world. And he says, this glass is broken. It's already broken to me. And uh, his student says, well, what do, you, what do you mean? Why do you say that? And he said, I love this glass. It is beautiful. It holds my tea admirably, and the sunlight reflects off of it in this pretty way. And when I tap it, it has a beautiful ring sound. He said, but I know what will ultimately happen to this glass. And when I knock it off the shelf with my elbow, or when a gust of wind blows it over and it breaks, I will not be distraught because I know that it is already broken, right? Uh-huh. And so that is that is the story. And what that leads me to is one of my favorite sayings when I get into things like this, where the cup is already broken. Right. And it's just it's just an exercise in setting expectations. I have seen this exact thing so many times yeah. that when an employee comes to me and says, I am leaving. The cup is already broken. Yeah. This person is going to go. And, 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 and if you immediately says, thank you for the notice, I love it. I really appreciate the heads up. The cup is already broken, which means if you get two months with this person and they work hard and they are still good to be around, then you should enjoy that. Right. And like, that's the point of the cup as well as he goes, every day that I wake up and this cup is not broken, it is a blessing to me. It is right. a nice bonus for me. And when it does break, eh, it was already broken. And like that is the mindset to have when someone comes and says, I am leaving. I am not renewing my contract. The headspace is the cup is already broken. This person is going to leave. And if they stay out there two weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks and they're great to be around, then you should enjoy that. And you should be grateful for this wonderful gift that you got, which is this extra time to prepare. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, go ahead and setting yourself up for, well, this is about over. Uh, that is a whole <laughs> lot better way to go forward. Oh, that's it. I, it's, it's interesting. I am one of those employers where I, for a long time, I worked in a clinic where our response was very much the, the cup is already broken. And if someone was behaving and we could enjoy each other's company, great. Whether it was two weeks, two months, a year, we enjoyed it and it was what it was. And if we had someone where 
they gave notice and it wasn't great. And then there was behavior concerns. Our company policy in general was, thank you for your notice. I will get your final check ready and we will move forward and we will have a plan for how to react because the cup is already broken. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time doesn't work out so great. Yeah. (laughs) And it's and and that's not intentionally bad on the employee's part. There are some realities there about major life changes in particular um, and this is a great example of one because this is one where not only are they changing jobs, but they're relocating out of state. And so I think it's I think it's worth talking about from from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, here's here's the thing that that people might struggle with a little bit is I see people on the outside looking at this and saying, but you're not firing this person. You're not letting them go because they haven't met expectations. They're the ones who is leaving. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't they be fine? And you go, well, they should be. <laughs> they should be. Uh, but they're 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 not even leaving because they're unhappy. They're leaving because their spouse is moving to another spe- another state. Shouldn't they be uh, reliable and you know and just ready to work out the rest of their time? And I go, they should be. <laughs> they should be. But I I have just not found that to be again. And this is not everyone. And what I don't want to be is like, if someone tells you they're leaving, fire them immediately. That's ridiculous. That's so dumb. You know, and I've heard people, I've heard people say things like that. There are companies that have that policy that no matter, no matter what, when somebody gives their notice, the notice is accepted and they, you, you say, thank you for your notice. We're not going to need you to work it out. Let's, let's move forward and they give them a severance or they, you know, pay them for their time through the notice that they gave, but they just say, okay, let's come up with a short-term plan, whether it's two days, two weeks, whatever, we're going to transition your things and we're going to move, move forward. That is very common. Yeah, totally. And, and to me, I go, Oh, that, that seems extreme. I, I think the important point here is there are companies that do that. And the reason they do that is because of exactly what we're talking yes. about here, right. where the un, you know, uh, just just the um, the purely pragmatic people looking at it said this is just a high risk period where the person, you know, like the employees often have behavioral changes and there's often room for resentment. And there, you know, there's these other things that just tend to arise and they. um they have gotten around it by just being like, we don't, we don't do that period. I think for a lot of us, we really, again, I would like to be able to have this person and to do a good gradual transition. Like that is the, that is the best outcome. The right. worst outcome is they stay and they're awful. And you know what I mean? And they tank yes. these other things and they make people unhappy yes. and uh, they cause me a ton of stress and so I can 100% see, say, well, if them staying and being wonderful is the best and them staying and being horrible is the worst, kind of just just being like, well, we're just going to be done. That definitely kind of splits the middle, you know, right. <laughs> you, you know? Yes. and you're like, well, here it is. Well, and so for me, I think from from a headspace perspective where I very much need to look at it or the lens I need to filter this through is, is this behavior normal for this person. And so all of the things, there was some great examples um, about uh, the tone and um, the way the communication methods chosen by this team member to communicate with this, um, with this person um, 
asking to change their schedule, then demanding when they didn't get a response right away. Those kind of things are what I'm talking about when I say you have to sit back and you have to filter the behavior through that lens. Is this normal for them? Because to me, that question only has two answers. If the answer is yes, then my bigger question to you as a team leader is why are they still on your team? If, if this is how they've been acting all along and they're continuing to act that way and they're getting more obnoxious in the behavior or aggressive in their behavior, then this is for me uh, as a leader, this is where I say, thank you very much for your notice. Let's figure out how to part ways faster, right? Like that's how my yeah. brain responds to it. And if the answer is no, then to me, the headspace starts with, okay, I need to talk to this person because this is very uncharacteristic and out of um, out of the realm of their normal behavior and something has to be going on here. And so I need to step back and look at it through the human lens, which is I know this person, this behavior is very not them. So there's got to be something going on here. And so for me, that's that's where I start the conversation. Yeah, I hear that. I, I definitely hear that. And I agree about the, you know, is this different for this person? Um, I think that that is, I think it's a good way to look at it. I think you and I are both 100% in agreement that you should go ahead and be primed so that, you know, this this may be where we're just going to cut bait. And I, I think that yes. should be the default. I think my my experience is just the cup is already broken. Like, just yes. just realize that we may end up severing this much earlier. So you do see these behavior changes. It, I don't, I, I'll just be really honest. I have not found a lot of benefit in working through them. And that sounds like such a jerk thing to say. But so we, we talk about this person, right? And so their behavior changes. And you go, well, what is going on with them? And it could be something that I can help with, right? Like, and it's worth having the conversation. In my experience, the most common thing that seems to be going on with people is that people have this um, this problem with cognitive dissonance, right? It's like... Um, when we have a vision of ourself in our head and the world is showing us a vision of ourself that is different from what is in our head, we don't like that. Like at a mm -hmm. deep self-identity mm -hmm. level, we don't like that. And what I find is a lot of times when people have decided they are going to leave, they learn some things that they don't like. And so, for example, in this case, you say, well, this person um, has decided to leave on their own. I think a lot of times people have this idea in their head that they are uh, indispensable, that they cannot be lived, you know, like, and we all like to think that we're important. Like, I like to think that my practice couldn't get on without me, even though I'm only there two days a week. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. They would totally go on without me. I don't want to believe that. And so I feel like when some of the people <laughs> put in their notice and the team just goes ahead and starts to move on and they train someone else to do this person's job, I think that that can be very hard emotionally for the person who's leaving. I think that there's something about like, what do you, you guys just going to keep doing business? Like, like I didn't, like I'm not going to be here. And it's like, but you're mm -hmm. not going to be here. And I, I think that things like that, I, I think they affect people. And, and so even if they're the ones who decide to leave, the idea that you're just going to train someone else and go on like they don't like that. And so I, I think that that sort of changes people's perspectives. I think a lot of times if you have, um, I think a lot of times it does come from us too. And I have not, I have not put this back on us as leaders and I need to a lot of times, as I say, you know, the glass is already broken. 
Um, and, and we've been talking like the employees, the one who's going to change. I think a lot of us wrestle with this too, where yeah. when someone comes and says, I'm, I, I need to leave, this is not working for me, or I have another opportunity. It is really hard for us to not feel resentment and not yes. to look at them under a magnifying glass and not to just, um, do things that are maybe a bit passive aggressive and things like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so so let me be let me be fair to everybody here for sure and just go a lot of us really struggle emotionally to deal with that and uh, we're maybe not always our best and we're maybe not always fair and we have we have half the relationship on our side of the table yes. um and so the person might come and say you know, I got a, I got I got an offer somewhere else. It was too good to refuse. Uh, no shame on you guys, but I'm going to go work at the other clinic across town. Um, we shouldn't feel threatened by that. And we shouldn't feel less than <laughs> shouldn't, uh, you know, but it's real easy for us to do that, too. And so it does. We're just as guilty as they are as the employer, as the person leaving. So, But there is I guess my point in all of this is just to say Man, there's a lot of emotion in this. There's a lot of feelings of rejection. There's a lot of feelings of self-identity and status and all of these things that are tied up when someone makes the decision that they're going they're not going to be with us anymore. And it's just so easy for people to drift in um in their perspective and their behavior. And I would say that one of the most powerful lessons that I have learned as a leader is that when someone on my team, especially someone that is integral to the team, um, whether they're in a leadership position or they are just a really reliable long-term employee, the best lesson that I have learned and the gift that I give myself is um, when somebody gives me their notice is that I thank them for letting me know and let them know that I need to sit down with them and we will talk through the impact and a plan, but I'm not going to do that right in the moment. Oh, so good. And so giving, smart. and then the next thing that I do is schedule a therapy session because one of the <laughs> things that I, I'm not, and I'm not kidding. Oh, one it. of the things that I have learned is that there is a big piece of it that comes from, from me as the leader and um, being able to talk through what you were just talking about, the feelings of abandonment and anger and anxiety and stress and just the, oh my God, logistical, how in the hell do I take somebody who, uh, you know, is a key member of my team? All of that stuff is very real. And if you respond to a team member without taking the time to process that, mm -hmm. it gets messy. And my experience as an employee, on the flip side of it, being in a leadership role, I have I've never once not given more than 30 days notice. In fact, in most of my positions, I have given 60 days or more. And I can tell you as the employee, my employers have, have almost always reacted in one of two ways. They've either gone radio silent and just left me alone to figure it out because there is there there is things that they're struggling with, but they don't know how to communicate that. Or they have become very, they become very passive aggressive and mm -hmm. micromanage you to death. And it makes the remaining time that you're together, it makes you look back on the whole time you were there and go, what in the hell did I do? What yeah. what went wrong? And so for me, the, the best gift that I can give my team is the time to process. And I don't always need to have a therapy session, but you bet if it's a doctor or a trusted member of the team 
that I need to give myself that space to step away and say, I need to process my emotions so that when I sit down and have a conversation with them about the actual logistics and a plan that I can very much be safe to have the conversation because otherwise I've just learned that it doesn't go very well. Yeah. Oh, I, I, first of all, your self-awareness is, is amazing and, 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 and so useful, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Like know thyself is like when someone quits, like it, it does hit you in the self-identity thing. I, I will be, I will be honest and vulnerable here and open and say, you know, one of my things that I really care about is being a really good person to work with and work for like mm-hmm. that. I really care about that. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if you come to me and say, my husband has been picked to be an astronaut and we're moving to Houston, which is the only place he could possibly be and go into space. I would still be like, don't you, don't you like it here? (laughs) Like, is this about me not being the best boss I could be? And they're like, no, you moron. My husband's going to space. And I'm like, is he, is that, where is he really? Um, that's my own fragile ego. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I, I have those thoughts. I'm not going to lie. And so even if even, it doesn't matter what the issue is, everybody, everybody has those reactions. I think your insight to yourself of, thank you for telling me this. Let's <laughs> set a time in the future to sit down and go over it and then get some space and, and get some perspective. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that makes a ton of sense to me. Let's, um, let's pause here for a break and then we'll walk through what these conversations look like. Sounds good. Hey guys, I just want to jump in here with a quick break and let you know about the Uncharted Marketing and Strategy Conference, which is coming at you. It is virtual April 22nd through the 25th. This is the flagship conference of Uncharted. Uh, it is it is the one that we started with. It is what we do best, I think. I don't think there's anybody who does marketing strategy stuff in vet medicine better than we do. I know I'm, I'm a bit biased. But that's that's just what I think. We have got uh, we've got some great presenters, and again, remember we are a workshop conference. We are not a lecture conference. You are not going to come and sit and get talked at. You are going to work on your business at this conference, and you're going to work on communication, right? About streamlining, setting strategy for your practice. We are not going to be pushing hard to grow clientele because most of us have as many clients as we can handle. Instead, we are going hardcore at efficiency, smoother, faster communication that gets medicine done more uh, more effectively. And so that is really what we're going to work on. Uh, it's going to be uh, a collection of speakers, uh, myself included. Stephanie Goss is going to be there. She's going to be doing some presentations. Uh, Dr. Caitlin DeWild, who's the social DVM, is going to be there talking about communication. Dr. Stacy Santi, who's an entrepreneur and practice owner and incredible lecturer. Uh, Sanani Ratnayaka, who is, uh, she is a light in the world. I love uh, Sanani to pieces. She has been our uh, speaker of the year at Uncharted before. She is, uh, she is so great about talking about culture and uh, focus and planning and resilience. And I just, I, I think the world of her. We've got Craig Spinks, who's uh, with videos. We've got a collection of other presenters coming online. Guys, if you like uh, if you like setting strategy for your business, if you like the podcast, if you like uh, communication, if you want things to be more smooth in your practice, head on over, get registered, virtual conference, 22nd through the 25th of April. It is going to be fantastic. Link in the show notes. I hope to see you there. All right. So let's say that we have uh, we have this employee. And they have given notice and we have decided to go forward with them. And now their behaviors are changing. 
how do we do this, Stephanie? Where do where do we start? So I think I think before we start the conversation, one of the things we have to look at is are we safe to have the conversation? Yeah. Right. Can can we sit next to them? Can can we have the conversation? Have uh, the things we just talked about really? Have we looked back at ourselves? Have we set them up to fill in any way? Um, all of those things are are super super um, important when it comes to sitting down and having the conversation. That's like the pre work requirement, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think that's it, and it is work because there's a lot of like you need to sit with the f in safe for a while. Have I set this person up to fail? What here is my fault? You know, or has this person been set up to fail? What here is my fault? What can I take responsibility for? And a lot of times, you know, this is a this is a parting of ways. You know, this is the it is this is the ending of a relationship. And so mm-hmm. both sides probably have some some emotion here, probably, especially, yeah. you know, if you have a big company and you've never worked with this person before, maybe not. But for most of us, yeah, we probably probably have some feelings in there. And so you know, what here is my responsibility? What's my fault? What can I t- take? Um, what can I take ownership of? And so yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly where it starts. The other thing is I want this relationship to end well as, as much as I can, right? Mm-hmm. This relationship is coming to an end. Right. And so I'm not super motivated, you know what I mean, to, to, to start massive work and have meetings, you know, and, and right. things like that. Like we're coming to the end of the relationship. I, I do want to, uh, I want this relationship relationship to end well at the other on the other hand, I also um, am not going to throw my boundaries out the window. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I want to be fairly, fairly clear about what we're doing and what's expected. And I don't want to change the rules on them at the last minute, but I also don't want them to change the rules on me. And so there's kind of this balance of, I do not want to necessarily burn this bridge. Um, it's a small profession. I want to have a good reputation as an employer and a practice and a place to work. It's amazing how often people come back around into your sphere later on. Um, and so I would like to make that good at the same time, you know, I'm not going to throw the guidelines out the window in order to make this person happy so that they leave, they leave happy when they themselves are behaving in a way that is just toxic, you know? Yeah, totally. And for, for me, where to, where to start the conversation, um, after looking at, can we, can we safely have it is what does the handbook say? And actually, in this instance, the reason that I'm asking is not necessarily because I want to use the handbook, but I want to know what is the expectation that has been communicated to the team. Because so often I see hospitals that have these ridiculous requirements for notice from team members. And the reality is two weeks notice is acceptable and sufficient. And if you're mad at somebody because they only gave you three weeks notice or four weeks notice because they're a, um, you know, licensed or credentialed member of your team. And you know that replacing them is going to be hard. Suck it up, buttercup. Like the reality is <laughs> that's your job. And and they are they are doing you a favor by giving you any extra notice beyond that. And I, I see so many managers reach for that flaming, raging sort of justice because they're just like, I can't believe they only gave me two weeks notice. The reality is that's an acceptable standard. And so if you don't have if you don't have policies and protocols in place so that the average team member can give two weeks notice and their work can be 
reabsorbed and then figure out you figure out a plan and you reparcel it out when you find the right person to come on board next. That for me is very much the F and safe. You have set yourself up to fail because you haven't established those policies and protocols. And so I think it's really important to look at your handbook and look at what are you communicating as the expectation for your team so that when they go above and beyond that expectation, that you can really work with them to say, thank you for that. I appreciate that so much. And let's figure out a realistic plan because your your point that you opened with Andy is so, so important that the cup is already broken. And there is a realistic amount of time that any person, even, uh, you know, the most, I consider myself a very positive, happy-go-lucky person. And there is the length of time that any person, even someone like that, can be in a in a position of change before their behavior starts to be impacted. Yeah. It, this is the biggest trip to fantasy land that I see in contracts, like by yeah. far. Yes. And, oh, my God. Yes. You know, and, and <laughs> I, I mean, I'd say as a veterinarian, I have seen three months notice in contracts and I, I just kind of laugh. I, I I have a newer vet uh, that I have been working with and her one of her prior contracts, she had to give six months notice. That's ridiculous. And when I heard that, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> because all I could do, I was on the floor laughing. It's like, how long is your contract for six months? Oh, OK. <laughs> six months. We do it twice a year. It's a six month contract with a six right? month termination period. <laughs> But it's it's true. That is an area in veterinary medicine where I think we have very unrealistic expectations. And the reason that we have them is because we are facing a major uphill battle Mm -hmm. to hire qualified, credentialed and licensed staff. I get that. I am not negating that or minimizing that part of the battle in any way, shape or form. And the reality is, if we want to pin that the the consequences of that on the backs of our team members, we are setting them and ourselves up for massive failure. Yeah. And, and so uh, there's probably some, there's some people out there who have three month uh, termination things in their contract that are probably <laughs> not super happy with me right now. That's OK. You can be not super happy. Here's the truth. Like, um, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Theoretically, <laughs> super smart. Um, and you can write it in the contract. You totally can. Uh, I'm just, and, and I know why, and I'm not, I'm not mocking like, oh, this is just foolish. Right. Like, no, it's really hard to get a doctor. And so right. uh, it's a hundred percent understandable that people go, well, I need enough time to get a doctor and that's not easy to do. So I need a couple of months. I'm like, yeah. I get it. I totally get it. And here we are. And we're laughing. The honest to God, hard truth is if someone comes to you and says, this is not working for me and I want to leave and you think they're going to stick around for three more months and be someone that you want to work with, even though they have told you that they want to leave and they are going to leave and they know that they will be gone. I think you're probably wrong. There are those amazing, wonderful people who will do that. And there are people who say, Hey, I'm leaving uh, for no other reason than my spouse got transferred to somewhere else or they got right. another job. And I'm just going to let you know that in three months we're going to go. And I want to give you as much time as possible and tell you that I love you and I love being here and I love this team and it breaks my heart to go, you know, but my, I need my last day to be three months from now. And you say to them, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know, and that can happen. Right. But it's very often that this is not working for you. 
you know, if you're the employer or even the employee and this is not working for you, it's probably not working for me. I mean, think of all the times that an employee has been really miserable and the employer has been super happy with them and right. glad that they're there. Like, right. gener- you know, generally at this point when they're trying to leave, it's it's yeah, the chances of them just being cool for three months are, are just they so small. Um, I just yeah, that, that's I guess that's my point with all of that is is it just. It, it all the wheels always just fall off and the person doesn't want to be there. And I, and I have seen vets who have uh, said that they were leaving because they didn't like it and they thought it was kind of a nasty place to be. And then they were supposed to work for three more months and then it really got nasty. Yeah. And you go, forget it. I'm leaving, you know, and I don't care what this contract says. And what are you going to do? Sue them? Like, it, right. You can try, you, you know, but it just it seems like you hit a point of absurdity. And so th- that's a long way to go around. And I know we've probably thoroughly made everyone mad at this point. <laughs> so here's the thing for me, though. Like, I, the reason that I said before I want to look at is this behavior characteristic or uncharacteristic? Because if you have somebody who is already causing problems or is toxic in some way, then it becomes a lot easier to say, okay, thanks. I'll figure this out. Let's move on. Versus if this is someone who you care about and who has not exhibited this behavior, then for me, the ability to set boundaries and figure out how do we navigate this with the least amount of consequences to both sides comes from sitting down and having an honest conversation and saying, what's going on with you? What do you need? And then being able to say, these are the needs from a business perspective. I need, you know, you've been put into a new role and you don't have a job description before you leave. I need to know the things that you're doing. Like a lot of us, A lot of us react as leaders out of a place of fear and anxiety because when someone gives their notice, it brings to the surface all of the things that probably should have been done but haven't been done. And there's a massive amount of anxiety around that. And so being able to set boundaries with that person and and sit down and have the conversation and say what's going on, because in, in this instance, look, if somebody is if their spouse is taking a job or they're taking a job out of state and they're relocating Dude, I've I've moved out of state. It took me four weeks and mm. a lot of time on the phone to handle the logistics of getting a truck and packing up my house and two kids and pets. And how are we going to transport everybody? And that's all stuff that I couldn't have done on the clock. I needed extra time off. I needed to flex my schedule. I needed I needed things from my employer. And so, yes, I wanted to give them additional notice and I was going to have additional needs. And so being able to sit down and have that conversation with your team member, um, you know, especially in this instance where some of the concerns were about money and wanting to change their schedule, but then being worried about their schedule from a money perspective. Dude, if you have a team member who's moving out of state and that you're not anticipating that something like that might come up, you're you're missing a trick because the reality is we're humans and we have real lives and we have real life concerns. And so that's where I think we need to be, we need to be able to set boundaries and we need to be able to be very clear about what the needs of the business are. And at the same time, I don't think we can do that without sitting down and having a conversation with someone who has a respected relationship and is a valued member of the team and say, Hey, this isn't like you what's going on. Yeah. And a lot of times there's, I mean, a lot of times when people change jobs, when they move, they have a lot of stress. And like yeah. we, a lot of the behaviors that we've seen with COVID where we say, God, the clients yes. have been so exactly. mean and the staff has been mean. Well, you know, they've got this existential stress 
and this outside work stress. Well, the person who's leaving has that load of stress as well. And yes. so that's why we do see those things. And again, I, I go back to, you know, the, the, the Buddhist part of uh, the cup is the cup is already broken. Like that, that's just, that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, and then sort of like, Hey, if I can get good work out of this person after this, and if their, if their behavior is good, then that's great. And I would like to have that, but you know what I mean? But I'm not going to be surprised if, if this, if this is a struggle and they're, they may not be in a place to give good work. And then in which case, if I've already sort of set myself of this is probably going to end early, uh, I'm probably in in a good place. The other thing I think that is, that is really helpful here is try not to, to sweat it too much if you're the employer for, for supporting something. Right. So, so I think a lot of times there's people who go, well, I've got this person and she's leaving and now she's trying to change her schedule and she wants to work shorter times and she's got these other things. If we have good communication with this person and she's saying, well, I have these, I'm, I'm realizing how much I have to do before I leave and I can't do these things. I think sometimes we have these fears of, Oh my gosh, the other employees are going to see that this person is getting this flexible schedule or they're, right. you know, they're getting to work part time or it's going to put ideas in their head. And, and what I would say to you is, um, you know, people recognize this person is leaving and you're right. trying to support them as they leave. They're not going to be like, Oh, she's working this crazy schedule and I want it to, like, they, they get it. Um, this is not setting precedent. I don't think this is just yeah. trying to be supportive of someone who leaves. So just don't, just don't sweat it too much. The last, the last part for me is, and this is just, uh, this is, this is just the last, this is, this is management. Um, ultimately you're going to pick your poison, you know, like, like that's it. And I go back to, to laughing at people who, who are like, put three months notice for their doctors and ultimately you're picking your poison, you know what I mean? And you say, well, do I want to, to, you know, what do I want? Do I want to have someone who has already indicated they're trying to leave? Do I want to still have them here after they've said that they were leaving or do I want to work shorthanded? Neither is ideal. Right. You know, and ultimately I have to choose and, and it really depends on that person, you know, like, well, if they give me their notice and then they're wonderful and, you know, and they're still reliable and then, then, yeah, I'll take that over being shorthanded. But if they're not, then I'll definitely take shorthanded. So, you know, ultimately with all of this, you have to pick your poison and say, okay, do I want to be shorthanded or do I want to keep, uh, working with this person who's, you know, who, who's making more and more demands or who is not supporting our culture or who is stressing out the other team or who is not being reliable. Uh, right. You, you got to choose. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't know. Any other, uh, any other thoughts or comments on this? No, uh, you know, yeah, no, I, I think we went through all of them. No matter what, it's gonna, it's gonna suck. And I think your point about picking your boys in is, is a good one, right? It's yeah. never it's never easy. Whether yeah. we're, you know, having someone leave, even when we have somebody join our team who hasn't been with us for very long and they give their notice, like the the shifting the shifting of the team is one of the hardest things for leaders in practice to deal with. And you will sleep so much better at night <laughs> if you can get to the place of acceptance that yeah. we're all human and life happens. And change is inevitable. And someone is going to get a new job. Someone is going to get pregnant. Someone is going to have a family member in need. Those things are going to happen. And if you are one of those um, managers or owners or leaders who really, really struggles with this, the best thing that you can do is do 
is do some work on yourself about how to get to a more accepting place because living with that that anxiety and that yeah. fear and that just the the response to this that is um that gets you so worked up is it's a lot I, I lived with that for a really long time and it's just like dude it's it's kind of like okay we'll figure it out we'll come up with a plan because let me tell you sleep so much better at night and they're so much happier when yeah. I can look at my team members and say that's really exciting for you inside I might still be panicking and like I yeah. said oh, that's yeah. when I take the time to have a therapy session because yeah. it really does make a difference but but outwardly, I, you know, I, I want to be able to look at it from a place of positivity, even if it is a place of positivity in that this person was already toxic and I'm very glad that they're going to be leaving. And so now I'm going to positively navigate this so that we have the least amount of time toxicity wise before they go and we move on. Yeah, no, I, I think that's <laughs> great. So yeah, for, so, so for some more of this, for this person who was, who was writing in, uh, I think having a good conversation about what is going on is ideal. Um, I think that we may be at a place where it's just going to be better for everybody if they uh, if they they're go if they're done and you know and gone. That that's what I think, and that could be either be hey we're going to go ahead and just wrap this up and, and end it, or it can be what one of our friends calls a garden vacation, where it's like <laughs> I, I'm going to pay you to stay home in the garden. Uh, <laughs> Like that, that, that might be the answer, yeah. but yeah, this is really an exercise in removing emotion, in setting boundaries, in keeping a smile on your face and mm -hmm. picking your poison and just know that a lot of times the wheels just fall off. And if you, if you expect for once they give their notice, regardless of what they say, they're probably done. Um, then you will be pleasantly surprised sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that's the best <laughs> scenario. Cool. I love it. Take All right. care, you guys. Have a great week. See you guys. Bye. And that's what we got for you guys. That's the episode. That's all That's all she wrote. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you don't have to deal with this problem, but you probably will at some point. Anyway, gang, take care of yourselves. If you want to uh, if you wanna share the podcast, please do. There's nothing I would ask for you more than just to share it with people that you think would find it valuable uh, and or write us an honest review on iTunes. That really does help us. It uh, helps people find the podcast. It helps it grow. And it's a nice little pat on the back for me and Stephanie Goss. We're getting close to 100 reviews, which is just kind of a, a personal milestone, I think, that we both uh, just go, wow, what would it be like if 100 people reviewed our podcast? That would be amazing. Uh, you could be part of making our wish come true. All you got to do is head over to iTunes and hit rate and review. Gang, take care. Be well. Talk to you later. Bye.